Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Uh, A couple of emails here as well. Uh, Oh, that's a very lengthy one. I'm going to have to come back to that one, Ron. It's a pretty lengthy one. I did promise audio. I promised audio. And you got to hear this. I got, I got several pieces of audio, actually. But you got to hear this one first. This is hilarious. This is from the White House press briefing. I don't do a lot of these sound bites from the White House press briefing. But this is, uh, this is the press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. And uh, she is being asked by the, <laughs> by the reporters, when is Biden going to slur his way through a press conference with us? I mean, they didn't ask it that way, of course, but they're asking, like, when do we get to talk to the, the president? We want to talk to the president again. And so here was her response. So I'll say this. It is also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has. And he no, has. No, I almost every day. OK, well, we'll we'll get we'll we'll certainly we'll certainly get the data and share that with all of you. I hear John. I hear your question. I heard Zeke's question. I hear you. I hear you on the press conference, on a formal press conference. We get this probably every couple of months when you guys ask us about a formal press conference. I don't have anything to share with all of you at this time. I don't have anything to share with you at this time. I get this question a lot. From I love how she's talking to them as if they don't know this subject matter, right? Like she's, she's trying to gaslight them saying the the reporters in that room saying that it's unprecedented that he takes so many quote shouted questions which first off is anybody even tracking that is 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 somebody tracking that that's kind of a weird stat to monitor how many shouted questions first off second of all i'm old enough to remember donald trump's presidency and that guy he took questions all the time Right. He took a shouted question as an opportunity to walk over to the media and answer tons of questions. This guy, Biden, he does not. I've seen many, many clips in the last two years, three years, whatever, of him, you know, sitting at a desk, sitting at a table and the reporters are there. They take some pictures and they start shouting questions and he's just kind of laughing at them. I think because he's been told, don't take any questions. Obviously, he's not going to answer their questions, and he just sits there, and he just does this kind of, this odd laugh. (laughs) Like that, like a creepy kind of, yeah, I don't get it. But I love the fact that she's trying to tell them what what is obviously not true. And it elicits this groan from the audience, right? Because they know that she's lying to them. Because they have firsthand experience. And she's like, oh, yes, I, you know, we, we do... We do uh, uh, face this question uh, you know, on, on, on a regular basis. You know, like, well, yes, they would know that, too, because they ask you this question. They like, why are you talking to them as if they're not part of this conversation? Right. Like they were the other participant in the conversation, <laughs> which you're now saying is like, is some other party is weird when you raise this question to us again. Like she's 
Well, here. I mean, this is the reason I pull this. I have not seen a more perfect illustration of gaslighting than this. So whenever you people wonder, like, oh, what does gaslighting mean? I hear this term comes up a lot, right? This is it. This is it in a nutshell. So I'll say this. It is also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has. And he no, has. No, Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, certainly, we'll certainly get the data and share that with all of you. I hear, John, yeah. I hear your question. I heard Zeke's question. I hear you. I hear you on the press conference, on a formal press conference. We get this probably every couple of months when you guys ask us about a formal press conference. I don't have anything to share. When with you guys ask us about this, yeah, when you ask, we deal with this question. And then we just basically ignore you, and by that means we deal with it. <laughs> like, what are you even saying, lady? So that's the first clip. And then there's this. This is one of the Tennessee two. Uh, this is... Who is this? Is this Johnson? I think is his name. Uh, one of the guys who who was a Tennessee lawmaker who you know had the bullhorn uh, and you know led the mob, took over the legislature, got expelled, and then you know got reappointed by the local Democrats, and now he's back. Um, he apparently went to a co- I don't know how to pronounce this. He went to school. Is it Bowden? Bowdoin, what B O W D O I N. It's a fancy schmancy school. I think it's a private school. It's an elite school. Okay. And he apparently ran for student body president. <laughs> and so he made a video about how he would like to be the student body president. See if you can detect any difference in the way he he made his pitch when he was running for student body president a couple years ago versus how he speaks now. See if you see if you can detect any bit of a difference. It's very slight. You're going to have to listen real real closely, but see if you can detect the difference here. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I want to do this by partnering with organizations from the Bowdoin Democrats to the Bowdoin Republicans. Bowdoin. I want to bring together different voices, okay. dissenting voices, yeah. voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, yeah. in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win, but oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last, but oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. All right, so Justin Pearson. Justin Pearson is the name. Could you detect any difference? Was there? Yeah, it seems like I don't know. It seems it seems like maybe he has adjusted, uh, made some minor tweaks to his delivery. To his yeah. There's a there's a. There's a word for this. Yeah, Hillary Clinton did it too. Remember that? Yeah, she started like reciting the words of like uh, an old spiritual or something. It's <laughs> uh, what is it? Coding? Is that what they call it? Code talking or something? Yeah, it's a. Uh, there's a term for it. It's uh, 
The difference in cadence and presentation, This the, the original clip was from 2016, so seven years ago, right? And uh, this fellow, Delano Squires, uh, he says uh, that he's not sure whose 1960s-inspired cosplay is faker. Colin Kaepernick's journey from clean-cut Playboy to Black Panther uh, or uh, Justin Pearson's transition from Bowdoin student to MLK impersonator. <laughs> Which he is, right? I mean, he is. It is cosplay. Like, that's... Bowden, 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 I don't know. I mean, that's... Just, the, the, Hillary Clinton did it. This guy's doing it. Like, so are you saying that there is some benefit and by the way obama did this too and this was discussed as well uh when he initially ran for the uh, his first office uh in congress he ran against bobby rush i mean you know civil rights icon and of course just got wiped out in the uh, democrat primary and he was criticized for not going to enough churches and not hitting the church circuit and so he started doing that afterwards and that's where he ended up in reverend wright's church that's how he ended up there and he started picking up these affectations. Same thing. And, yeah, it's like it... it code switching, I think is what it's called. Code switch. That's what he's doing. That's what this guy, Pearson, is doing. And I don't know, like, if that's, if that's me, you know, I, I feel like I would be insulted, right? I'm not going to say offended, because I'm not offended. It's very difficult to offend me. But I... I would kind of feel like, like, why do you have to pretend to be like me? Do you think that I am, that I'm unable to appreciate your, your oratory skills unless you're doing it that way? Why can't you just, you know, speak how you normally speak? But I don't know. I hope somebody asks him. I'd be curious to know, like, what's up with the code switching? Well, you know, what prompted you to do that? And maybe it's just me. I'm kind of fascinated by this because, you know, I work in radio. And you spoken word format, these things, you know, kind of register with me a little bit. I don't know. But I, I kind of feel like I'd be insulted a little bit. <laughs> but who knows? I'm no politician. Eric is a Pete. I bet there's a 12 out of 10 chance that if he is asked about why he is code switching his speech, he will say that the way he spoke at college is when he was changing his dialect his accent because he knew that the other students were all racists who wouldn't elect an mlk impersonator right? so this is justin pearson one of the tennessee two one of the uh the lawmakers that got expelled from the body this is the guy you've seen two of them one of them was wearing like the white suit right and then the other guy had like a very large afro and he's got um uh he got, he's got the glasses and he was wearing like some sort of it was I don't know what kind of a shirt, but it almost looked like a like a print of a like a wide tie looking thing. I don't know. But um, and he was the one that you. So he's the guy that we're talking about here. And about six years ago, he ran for student body president when he was at college, and his speech is like it's it's a very elitist kind of speech pattern. It's a he's he's articulate, right? He grammatically correct. He's not uh, delivering it in this like sing songy preachery kind of a way. And fast forward to now, and he's he's mimicking Hillary Clinton. The yeah, I, I ain't always been no ways tired speech.
Yeah, this code switching, speaking, uh, speaking to a group and adopting their speech patterns. You're switching. So you're sending this message, this code, like, I'm one of you. That's the idea here. Uh, let me go over and get Kirk on. Hello, Kirk. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. Uh, actually, hey. I'm trying to reach the Boomer Von Canada show featuring Pete Callender, but this will work. No, uh, uh, told Bernie that Bowdoin College is uh, where Joshua Chamberlain went. He's the guy who led the 20th Maine in that bayonet charge at Gettysburg back in 1863. Bowdoin? Yeah, that's the same place. I mean, that's how it's spelled. Yeah, something like, yeah, it's like it's like Bowdoin or Bowdoin, yeah. But. Yeah, if it's in Maine, that's that's the place. Oh, it's so, in Maine, okay. All right, well, thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, all right, stay tuned. There'll be more Boomer uh, up ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I wonder if anybody does ask him, say, hey, what's going on, Pearson, with the uh, the way you're, the way you switched up your, your cadence and the way you speak? Why'd you do that? And yeah, Eric, you're probably right. He'll just say, well, I would change it when I was in college. The problem with that is if it's not true, and then you get more video that comes out of him at a younger age, not speaking like he speaks now, too. That's possible. Um, do you know what local business is the most complained about local business? The most complained about local business. According to the Charlotte Ledger, it is the Charlotte Observer. The Charlotte Observer topped the list from the Better Business Bureau with 167 complaints in the last year as customers complained regularly to the BBB about receiving bills and occasionally referrals to collection agencies despite calling the paper repeatedly to report that their print newspapers were not arriving. <laughs> right, so basically, everybody's experience everywhere. <laughs> right, it's, like, you're not getting your paper. The paper's landing in someone else's yard, uh, or it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's like all wet. They're not bagging it before it rains or something. Problems with the billing. You're trying to cancel your service, and they're not. They, they won't stop till that happened to me. I canceled the service, and they just kept delivering it. I mean, I didn't file a complaint about that. I just figured, you know, hey, if you want to keep giving it to me, fine, but. Like, I think I know why you might be losing a bunch of money. Anyway, the Charlotte Ledger asked the BBB for a list of local businesses with the most BBB complaints. The list that the BBB provided does not include national companies like the Charlotte-based banks, for example, or out-of-state-based cable TV operators, for example. And uh, sorting by the number of complaints does not factor in the company's size or the number of customers. Okay, it's just it's just a straight up count of how many complaints t does a business get, and then a ranking uh, based on those numbers. Tom Bartholomew, the president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of the Southern Piedmont and Western North Carolina, uh, says that the Charlotte Observer ratings is just their lack of responsiveness. That's what's driving it is their lack of responsiveness to customer complaints. What's driving their ratings down isn't the number of complaints that they have generated, though that has increased dramatically. Um, it's that they are either ignoring the complaints or not working to get them resolved. 
the ledger reached out twice by email uh, to get uh, somebody from the uh, Charlotte Observer uh, to respond, and uh, they treated the Charlotte Ledger like they treat their customers. They did not respond to them either. Um, Complaints about the Observer's delivery service and billing have increased sharply. How sharply? All right, now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustine Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at CarolinaReadiness.com, get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? The Charlotte Ledger, in a story by Tony Messia, going over the most complained about businesses in Charlotte. And the number one is the Charlotte Observer. (laughs) And uh, the Charlotte Observer... Uh, not only doesn't respond to uh, complaints from their customers, but they also did not respond to uh, the Charlotte Ledger and their attempt to uh, you know, get an explanation. In fact, none of the businesses on their top 10 list, uh, the BBB, the Better Business Bureau's top 10 list of most complained about businesses, uh, none of them actually uh, responded, uh, I think. Um, the Charlotte Ledger reports that uh, the Observer's delivery and billing complaints have increased sharply even as its print circulation has dropped by about 75%. <laughs> so you're losing subscribers, but the complaints about the delivery and billing has been going up. Um, you know how many subscribers they've got? 54,000. That's it. 54,000 subscribers to the Charlotte Observer. And, like, half of them are newsrooms. That's... (laughs) Bartholomew and... uh, Yeah, Bartholomew... Tom, Tom, yeah, Tom Bartholomew, with the uh, BBB, said complaints about the Observer started rising shortly after Ann Culkins stepped down as the newspaper's publisher in 2018. He said he's no expert on the Observer's business, uh, but don't worry, uh, neither is McClatchy. Um... No, he didn't say that. I'm just kidding. He says he's not an expert on their business, but the rise in complaints seems to coincide with staff reductions and outsourcing. Quote, they have downsized dramatically and they have outsourced a lot of what they used to have direct control over. And that is the case, right? That is obviously the case. It's happening in newspapers all over the country. Um, Do they even do the printing anymore here? I know like that was the big deal. And, uh, up in Asheville, uh, the the Asheville Citizen Times newspaper up there, uh, they moved all of their printing down to Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so, w- and what that means is that if something happens at a certain time of day, you know, in the evening, it's not going to be in the paper the next day. Which is awesome for like TV and radio people, because we could cover stuff in the evenings and not have to worry about, I mean, like you could scoop the paper on like the Asheville City Council meeting <laughs> because it would be in the evening and they wouldn't have a reporter that could file a story that could get into the print edition. So um, now this all, so, and I'm glad 
the Charlotte Ledger pointed this out, that the Charlotte Observer has used the BBB ratings and the data in news stories for years, years and years and years. Right? They, do, they would do stories on businesses that had you know, these BBB complaints against them, and they would cite the BBB if they were doing a story about a business. They would go check out their BBB score, and they would throw it into the story, especially if the business is accused of doing something wrong, right? Oh, also, I should point out, Charlotte Observer has a one-star rating on Yelp as well. Out of five possible stars, they got a one-star rating. And um, that is based on 133 reviews. Um, and usually, apparently, it's due to billing mix-ups, delivery snafus, customer service frustrations, right? Um, and so the Observer journalists routinely cite the BBB data in news stories. They quote Tom Bartholomew, uh, Bartholomew rather, as an authoritative source on company. I've interviewed him over the years. He's been there forever. Um, the Observer also weighs in on uh, business practices of other companies, right? They did an article on Sunday... Uh, that described a landlord who raised rents in Wesley Heights, and they called it. They, they said that this was quote really shady. There was a staff written editorial back in 2019 that declared Wells Fargo as become an embarrassment, and it characterized the bank as a quote company perpetually on the lookout for new ways, legal or not, to empty the pockets of people who trusted it with their money. The paper used to routinely publish the BBB's list of local companies with high numbers of complaints. The last time they have done such a story? 2018. At the time, the paper said that the BBB's five worst companies in, in the Charlotte area were a moving company, a carpet cleaning company, an appliance service company, a cabinet maker, and uh, a deck and porch designer. At the Observer... Like in most newspapers, reporters and editors have little to do with circulation, billing, and customer service, right? But it doesn't negate the fact that this is what the Observer has, has cited when doing stories about other businesses. And now they are the worst. They have the most complaints. Let me see here. Let's get to... Let's get some anecdotal evidence here. This is Ed. Hello, Ed. Welcome to the program. Yeah, hi. Uh, hey. I was many, uh, many years subscriber to the paper. Uh, not only did I want to see the local issues, I wanted to see a little sports, and I liked the puzzles and on and on. Mm. And first of all, they changed, they changed the whole format around. They have these 12-page uh, stories about things that most people don't care about. <laughs> and, uh, you know, during COVID, what happened is, I didn't get the paper for uh, weeks and weeks and weeks on end. I was able to find one person who was nice enough to at least uh, talk or deal with me. It was tough, though. Mm. But anyway, when you call customer service, everything now, like you say, is outsourced to a foreign country, and it's very difficult to understand the people. The people are just doing their job, but they really don't care. They also moved back the uh, cutoff of the paper from, uh, you know, like maybe midnight, print for the print for the next day and they moved it back to 10 and then they moved it back to eight ah. a sporting event that starts at six or seven that ends at eight or nine it isn't in the paper the next day so he needs to have two or three day old news uh, so what i was doing is i was having i was paying my subscription 
and I had to go to the library to read the paper that I was paying for that I wasn't getting. And everybody was in the library, a lot of old people like me, and they're all waiting their turn to read the paper that they weren't getting. <laughs> all right, so hang so, on. Uh, I got questions. A whole bunch, and, and like you say, nobody cares. You call up. Nobody really cares about yeah. helping you out. Ed, I got corroborating I, I, all the things that you've been talking about. I got a question. Hang on a second. Why? You know that if you have the like the print, well, I mean, I assume, right? You have the print subscription. I think you're allowed to read the online version. I think that gives you access to the online. Okay. Okay. So here's the deal. Yeah. That's like a, it's having a viral vision because I have because I have a sore throat. What I want to do is I want to I want to do the puzzle, or maybe I want to take the puzzle with me for the day. I go to the doctor's office or whatever. Uh, I don't want this uh, vir- virtual and all this other stuff. I just want I pay for the paper delivered. I want to get the paper delivered. It's like if I want to if I don't want to have my uh, tire fixed on my car, then I won't go to get it fixed. But if I want it fixed, I should pay for it and get it fixed. As simple as that. Right. Yeah, if you want the physical paper, the dead tree copy right. of it, yeah, I, like I get it. All right, I appreciate it, Ed. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, I mean, like this is um, this is part of the problem and the customer service stuff as well. Not being able to understand. I mean, I mean, Charlotte doesn't have the most pronounced accents I have found, but it is difficult for them to understand us. It's, I understand. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it, what Ed says is true. It, they it, they've outsourced it. And I didn't know that they had moved up the the print deadline, but that's the same issue they had out in Asheville. And if they've done that here, too, yeah, you're not getting the news the next day in the dead tree copy, in the paper copy. So technology, man, technology. There's also a thing called reverse redlining. I I was not aware of that. Uh, Well, I wasn't aware of the term, but I am aware of the practice. And they've been accused, and McClatchy has been accused of doing this. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Uh, sure. Yeah, let's pile on the Observer. Why not? Steve, welcome to the program. <laughs> How are you doing? Hello, Steve. Okay, Steve? Steve? I don't hear Steve. I'm going to put Steve on hold, and then we're going to try Michael. Let's see if I can hear Michael. Hello, Michael. Hey, Steve. I'm here. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Welcome, uh, sir. I hear you guys talking about the Observer in the newspapers. I was a, su- a subscriber about a year ago, and um, they had trouble delivering the paper. And when I would call customer service, uh, the operator told me, that they were in Texas or South America, and I don't understand how they can keep track of local accounts when they are in another city. Um, you guys have a good day, and All right. tell Boomer I miss him on Magic 96. <laughs> okay, well, I think you just did. Thank you, Michael. Uh, I think um, 
I'm not sure, but I think the way that they are able to have people in another country do the customer service thing is uh, computers. I think that's how that. I think that's how they do that. It's with uh, computers, so they all have access to the accounts, and then they they outsource because they can pay people very little money in foreign countries, which is a lot of money to them in their country, uh, but it's not a lot of money here, and so it's just not. I mean, people aren't willing to pay all of the money for the subscriptions um, for newspapers that would, would it would require the paper charge you um, if they had to hire you know American sourced uh, customer service I suspect right I mean like that's that's why customer service got offshored in all sorts of industries uh, and here is let's see Spencer welcome to the program hello Spencer how you doing Pete hey I'm good what's going on uh, well um the former distribution manager of, of uh, the Observer organization is a friend of mine. He retired about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, they've farmed that out along mm-hmm. with printing. They farm that out, and they farm out a lot of their reporters. But what my beef is, I have a paper box down at my driveway. Yeah. It says Charlotte Observer on it. And for the last couple of years the woman who took over the uh route that i'm on refuses to put the thing in the box and she <laughs> throws throws it on the driveway every day and every day i call them and every day i complain about it and every day they say well we're gonna complain to that woman's manager and get her to start putting it in the paper box and the next day it's on the driveway again so i call again and every time I call, they extend my subscription. So for the last couple of years, oh my goodness, I've been getting the paper for free. Oh my gosh, I think I, I think we have identified a problem with the business model. Holy yep. cow! You're getting yeah, like so they're just giving it away for free and not because well. The woman will not put it in the paper box. Right, which I'm sure is because. She, it's on the other side of the street, maybe, right? She has to cross. She has to drive on the other side of the street or get out of the car. Well, I did a paper route a long, long, long ago, and you always drive on on the uh, left side of the road because that's your arm that you're going to stick out the window to throw the right. paper or put it in the box. Exactly. So you're driving on the wrong side of the road at uh, one, two, three in the morning. Right. Yeah, neighborhood streets where nobody is usually driving around. Yeah, no, I I, I get it. I get it. I appreciate the call. That's interesting. Thanks, Spencer. Uh, good to uh, hear from you. Uh, I, I, my best friend growing up had a paper route. We would do it in the afternoons because the sooner he got done, then the sooner we could go play. And so, like, we would, you know, I, I would ride bikes around with him and never the weekend. I mean, in one time he actually got chased by a dog on a Sunday and the Sunday edition of the paper was so heavy, was so big, you know, with all the coupons that he got pinned under the bike. For a while, yeah. Because it was heavy. It was so many. He had the racks on the back, you know. Anyway, reverse redlining. Have you ever heard of this? Apparently, uh, the, the McClatchy company came under fire in recent years. An investigation in 2018 revealed that the business engages in what one critic called reverse redlining, using sophisticated algorithms to charge customers different subscription prices based on where they live. Other McClatchy newspapers also fare poorly in the eyes of the BBB. Uh, Raleigh's News and Observer's got a D rating. Uh, the state in Columbia has an F with the same kinds of complaints. 
So this this reverse redlining thing. So I guess if you live in like certain hoity-toity areas of town, they're gonna they're gonna sell, yeah they'll sell you a subscription at a higher rate than in a not hoity-toity part of town. That's pretty amazing. That's like what what iPhone did that right or uh, or not iPhone uh, they were oh is it it's like a travel company Travelocity or one of them yeah or Priceline they would charge you more money. They would charge you more money if you were an iPhone user because they knew Apple product people would be willing to spend more money. That's it. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.